spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 200th episode of Subliminal Section Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. How are you feeling that we have reached episode 200? Who'd have thought? Yeah, you never know if, you know, it's all going to work out. If it's been going good so far, 200 went by kind of like a breeze. So Yeah, it just feels like yesterday... I don't. I think you asked to do a podcast about conspiracies. I think I kind of remember that's how it was, and then it took us a while to figure out how to record together and all that. And now, what's what's two hundred? That's over three years, right? We're at we're at four years right now. Four we years. Just, we just got past the four year mark about a month and a half ago. God damn. All right. Yeah. We were actually, you know, considered to be young men back then. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of myself as a young person back then. Not anymore. No. No. <laughs> no. We've uh we crossed over 35 and now we have one foot in the grave. So yep. downhill I, slope here. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about just real quick before we get going here. So last Friday, I finally tasted a food item that I have been curious about for, I would say, at least a few decades now. Have you ever had escargot, Phil? No, I have not. I'm not a huge... So you know I'm not a huge seafood person. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. More of a... I'm a Midwestern seafood person, meaning fucking... Imitation (laughs) crab and catfish and shit, so... Um, so okay, we, so you would consider escargot as seafood? Well, it's uh, it's fish eggs, right? No, no, it is. What is it? It is snails. Oh, snails! Yeah. Oh, that's a different thing. I still wouldn't want to eat it. Even <laughs> yeah, it's I, it's still in the same ballpark for me, yeah. kind of as you know some of the weirder type of seafood stuff. So caviar, I don't think so. Caviar I've had. Um, you're thinking of caviar. I'm thinking of caviar. Yeah. It's okay. I don't think caviar is too bad. It's really salty. You might actually oh. like it. It's very salty. But yeah, escargot. So I, I just I have heard people eating it and I was just so curious. And we went to this Russian restaurant, ironically enough, which was awesome, by the way. They have all these fucking throwbacks to like russian history like they had the czar salad or some shit like that like the cosmo not cosmopolitan it was pretty neat but anyway but anyway so i saw it there and i'm like you know what you only live once i gotta try it i'm eating it it's good it's pretty good i think actually what the problem was is i didn't like the like buttery herb sauce that that it was in very much so you, but you eat it right. It, the it's got a pretty soft 
soft texture. They're very small. And then at the very end, there's just like this slight hint of a flavor. And at that moment, I'm like, this, I don't know how I know this, but this is what I always envisioned a snail would taste like. It's just at the very end, a little hint of it. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like, I don't know if I accidentally like licked a slug or a snail one time, (laughs) but (laughs) that's all I could think about. Interesting. Yeah, no, I've had, so for the holidays, my extended family, like when I was a kid, we would go, the old Pat side of my family, we would have like oysters and oyster stew, that kind of stuff. And I never liked it. So I guess I always just imagined anything kind of like that. I just wouldn't like. I would say the texture of the canned oysters that they put in oyster stew, it's kind of similar to that. Okay. Yeah. So you'd I don't know. The weird thing is, so when you get older, your taste buds change drastically. There's things that I couldn't stand when I was a kid that I just eat like normal now, like rice. I, I, I couldn't stand rice. I hated it. Now I'll eat that with every meal if I could. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so. absolutely. And the other thing real quick here is I got like this pork and beef dumpling thing there, which was really good. For some reason, you get these beautiful dumplings filled with beef and pork. I guess Russia, they just throw a glob of sour cream on top of it. (laughs) And then they have like a little vinegar thing you put on it too. You know what? It was pretty good. It just felt like they made this beautiful recipe and then they're just like, you know what? You know what, Nikolai? (laughs) Throw a glob of fucking sour cream on there. I think that will really take it over the top. I think this food is too happy. Perhaps some yeah. spite. Maybe yes. some sour cream. <laughs> Actually, I like sour cream, so yeah. it might be good. Yeah. If you fried those dumplings and then put the sour cream on there, I'd probably eat up a whole fucking batch of them. It was good. It was good. I would uh, I, w- I would, re- definitely recommend, if you come to Minnesota, Moscow on the Hill. Good mm. restaurant. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I've never been too adventurous with food, I'd say. Uh, I w- when I'm in other countries, I will kind of eat, you know, I will do as the Romans pretty much. But like when I'm home, it's pretty much kind of the same food. Same you stuff. Know. Arizona, yeah. I get, you know, you get a lot of, there's a, I mean, I'm in a big city, well, you know, big-ish city. So there's a lot of different like types of foods, but I, I eat pretty normal food. So sometimes I just, I get, I see something, I get a wild hair up my ass and I just, I just want to see what it tastes like. And, uh. This is one that's checked off my bucket list. There's a lot of like bugs and stuff I kind of want to try that I've mm. heard are good. Frog legs. I don't think I've ever had those. I um, have had frog legs before. I had it. Um, do you remember the pub that I lived near when yes. I was in England? Yep. I had I had frog legs there. I was tempted to try the zebra that they had, Ooh. but I did not. Yeah, it was one of those deals where they, they bring out the hot stone and you cook the frog legs yourself. Oh, I remember that place. You know, I wish we, I wish I was kind of like how I am now because I feel a lot more adventurous in life. Mm. I think we we got, uh, I got just fish and chips there, I think. Yeah, we ate a lot of fish and chips. Uh, So British food, not that great. If you went to downtown London and went to like some of their, they have, you know, a lot of uh, what they'll, you know, the foreign food, the food that downtown London, like. London City Center, there's almost no British people there. It's all people, mm-hmm. all people. Like, Are you talking outside. about the the colonization restaurants they have uh, in London? 
Oh, I've heard of those where they basically bring in all the food from the conquered peoples. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jesus, chips and curry is like one of their most popular food items, which I will say is very good together if you've never had it. Yeah. British food, I just hated. But whenever I, yeah, I mean, you'd go out and have, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of good food out there, but you know, British food, I'm, I was just never a fan of. Yeah. Basically it's tasteless. So they just it's, pile it on top a, of each other. It's a meme for a reason. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just wanted to, not going to talk much about it. Uh, the Suns are facing, it is, what is today? Today is Wednesday. The Suns are facing elimination tomorrow. By the time this comes out, everyone will know if they are playing another game or dead in the water. Pretty much everyone in the city is pretty uh, apprehensive and wanting to trade uh, DeAndre Ayton. So I've never heard as loud of a cheer in a bar as when DeAndre <laughs> Ayton uh, last Saturday night was taken out of the game with about six minutes left. So it was, okay. it was not good for him. Um, How many, what's the like series number they're at? They are down one game. It's three to two. Okay, so it's not... They're doing better than the Timberwolves. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, no, they have, like, they picked up Kevin Durant uh, during the season. So, I mean, with him on the team, Booker is still killing it. Uh, Chris Paul is actually injured now. I hope he comes back for their game six. But, yeah, it's not looking good. Probably one of those situations where rebuilding towards next season, hopefully. Well, so. the Nuggets are one of the best teams, right? Oh, yeah, they are. They're number one in the West. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, it was nice. They named a team after Owen Hart after he died. So <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of Owen Hart, are you ready to get in this week's episode? Yeah, said it. All right. Well, Cody, this week, we, of course, are celebrating yet another huge milestone for the podcast with our 200th installment of a regular episode that we will be putting out this week. And along with that, I wanted to cover for this special occasion, one of the most requested topics that we've received from our listeners, with this paranormal entity being one of maybe the beefiest of big boys in the world of paranormal. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest. There's a lot of directions you can go right now. I'm trying not to peek ahead at what we're going with. I have a I have a sneaking suspicion, and obviously anybody who sees the title of the episode enlisted oh. <laughs> will know. But um, but yeah, it's there was a lot yeah. of options at two hundred. Yeah, they uh, the, so the people listening at home, they already know uh, the suspense yeah. is just just for you. So <laughs> it's the way I like it. I did actually let it kind of slip about three weeks ago. So, but did it's you? fine. You don't remember? Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I was hoping you didn't remember. The American Southwest, home to scenic, wide-open expanses, beautiful national parks, and sporadic urban culture. The region has acted as a recreational retreat and dream immigration escape for nearly 150 years with those daring few who craved for freedom, adventure, and opportunity in the wild and untamed lands to the West, finding that lifestyle. Though Along with all of the hardships and riches for those brazen men and women, some of those trailblazing individuals would also find much more than they had originally bargained for, coming to the realization that these lands contained strange phenomena and out-of-this-world occurrences one could only read about in the most fantastical works of fiction. And for today's episode, we will be discussing 
perhaps one of the strangest, as we delve into the lore of indigenous spiritual beliefs and cover the origins and legends of a monster many actually believe to be very, very real. As for this week's episode, we will be discussing Skinwalkers. Ooh, I got one thing to say about your beautifully, carefully constructed um, description you just had there, okay? So, listeners out there, I want you to be aware, if a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints comes to your house and said, has stolen Phil's description and put Joseph Smith there, <laughs> like, it, it, this is literally, if this was a Mad Lib, you could kind of warp this into a presentation for the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints. What do you think? I think yeah. it fits perfect, dude. Well, possibly, yes. Uh, well, it has been about 100 of these that I've done, so I've gotten uh, gotten pretty good at this part of uh, the writing. So I take I take a lot of pride in the introductions for these. Okay, so. let's be honest with with each other and the and the audience right now. If you were offered money to be a ghostwriter for religious organizations, oh, would you you would do it? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> as All long right. as as long as my name wasn't on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I could stir up some fucking bullshit for him. Yeah. Hell yeah. You hear that, uh priest pastor. Yeah, you hear that Scientology? <laughs> yep. We'll get Open you. Open for business. You're you're Posters are really fucking boring. Let <laughs> let Phil or both of us spice them up a little bit. Yeah, Cody can do the posters. I'll do the writing. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> package deal. There yeah. we go, dude. I would. We know you got the money. So <laughs> I would totally like figure out a way how to put to put like Shelly Miscavige's face in the clouds <laughs> in the background or something. <laughs> Just so like they don't notice it, but you know it's there. She's not missing. She's no. all around you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but getting into Skinwalkers a little bit here. So for this, I mean, it's a pretty big episode. And I've been talking about doing Skinwalkers for about three and a half years now. Uh, kind of been looking for a chance to do it. And I thought, you know what? This is as good a chance as any. Yeah. I've been planning on this episode for about a month now. So no better time. Yeah. And I will say, though, this episode... By the time I actually started getting into, you know, Skinwalker Ranch, which is kind of like the the big tenet of modern day, kind of the, the whole thing about Skinwalkers is Skinwalker Ranch right now. By the time I got into that, the episode was already going to be about an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to cut this one short and this is going to be a two part. So it's going to be part one this week, mainly the legend lore, kind of where it all came from, like where, you know, Skinwalkers are believed to like where they're formed, where they came from. And next week's going to be kind of more the modern phenomena. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch, kind of, you know, maybe some things that Skinwalkers were blamed for. So if you're really looking forward to Skinwalker Ranch, sorry, you're going to have to wait one more week, but I think this is going to be a good one. It's like the church tells you, it's it's worth the wait. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Well, getting back into it. First things first. The legend of the Skinwalker is seeded in the oral and cultural traditions and religion of the native peoples that called these lands in the southwestern United States home. Skinwalkers would make appearances in the lore of the Hopi, Apache, Navajo, Pueblo, and Ute indigenous populations who all have their own versions of Skinwalkers, though they all share mostly 
the same basic characteristics, with the main similarity being that a human will take the form of an animal, fully taking on the attributes of that animal. This is for the reason of some nefarious or dark purpose or mission. I can still remember the first time I ever heard of a skinwalker. They kind of went into how allegedly the skinwalkers, like you become one or whatever. I assume the different tribes had different beliefs on how you would become one. Is that your research has led you to believe? Yes. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to get into it quite a bit. I did kind of make uh, kind of a combination. I tried to differentiate uh, some of these beliefs. It's the, so I'm going to mention it later on, the Navajo society, their kind of like lore around skinwalkers, it's much more central to kind of what they believe. So with a lot of the other groups, skinwalkers seem to be kind of like an outlier character. Uh, skinwalkers within the Navajo community is like much more central from what I was reading. So a lot okay. of what people think about the uh, skinwalker is what the Navajo people believe. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, I'll wait till you get to that part, and then I'll talk about what I remember hearing. Because I used to watch paranormal shows all the time. I still do. Yeah. And people are so quick to say that it's a skinwalker on tape or something like that. So I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, the idea of... Kind of the modern thought behind skinwalkers is it's more of a cryptid. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's turned in mass culture, I would say. It's more kind of what the like Western societies think of like werewolves or kind of, you know, um, it it's not as the widely held beliefs about skinwalkers. It's not as much of like what the Native American people in this region thought about like what skinwalkers are it's kind of you know they've actually kind of went down separate roads a little bit oh so, okay. i mean mo still mostly the same kind of the same basic tenets but it's it differs now okay all right now among the indigenous peoples that i mentioned before who have at least some beliefs or traditions for skinwalkers for the Navajo Nation, skinwalkers, though just one form of a witch that they believe in, are much more of a central entity to their culture and traditions, with skinwalkers in the Navajo religion making up more of a, a boogeyman figure. Not as much like the devil, maybe, but he's definitely more central than in other uh, indigenous cultures' beliefs, rather than just a spooky outlier villain or creature. So... Okay, do they, now, I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but do they mention that the Skinwalker is a former member of a Navajo tribe? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to get into that okay. too. A lot of the different beliefs for these cultures are that it was like a former medicine yeah. or spiritual yeah. leader who kind of like went to the dark side. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like we joke about Dick Cheney shooting his friend uh, when yes. they were hunting, but his friend was actually a skinwalker. So he was he was doing us all a favor. Yes, according to Dick Cheney, he was doing us all a favor. Yeah, definitely. That's what I choose to believe. He shot him because yeah. he, he claimed he was a skinwalker. Yeah, I still can't get over that. That <laughs> The dude who got shot in the face apologized. That was, oh that was the God. best part of that. I, I love that. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, man. I hope Dick Cheney listens. Hey, Dick, fuck you. He's in his fucking Darth Vader style. Yeah. <laughs> right now, regenerating, just pissed off. <laughs> so getting back to this, let me just say in many different articles that I had read while researching this topic, it seems that discussing skinwalkers is quite taboo uh, in most of these Native American societies, especially with and amongst outsiders, with the worry being that. I, it could be a, a couple of different things. Possibly the person that they are conversing with about the legends may themselves be a skinwalker, attempting to suss out perhaps a next victim to attack. Possibly just by the act of discussing skinwalkers openly, you could be actually tempting fate, drawing a future attack upon yourself by skinwalkers who may be, you know, like listening to the winds, maybe, you know, some kind of psychic connection that they get when someone just kind of openly speaks about it. It's yeah, it's just like Jehovah's Witness. You start. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop talking about them or we'll hear yeah. a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, if you talk about too much, somehow they like know and they come to your fucking front door. No, but yeah. um, yeah, it's funny. And I'm going to tell you guys something really fucking nerdy here. So back in my days when I played World of Warcraft, um, mm. this guy I would play with a lot was a native guy from Canada. And I remember I would ask him about skinwalkers and Wendigo and stuff. He he had a different name for them. Um, it must have been like the indigenous language, the name that they called them. And yeah, he did not even want to talk about it. He did not want to discuss it. He did not want to say if anybody in his family had ever seen one. He was like, he heard the word and he's like, no more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been reading about this stuff and it's, I will say the basically the superstition, kind of like the beliefs, there's a lot of really kind of what you mentioned about your friend from up north is a lot about like what kind of what the, oh, Really, I'm going to be talking a lot about like the like Navajo kind of, you know, cultural traditions today. So with the Navajo, they actually called skinwalkers. They had many different words for different witches in their kind of like religion. But Yi Naldulushi, I said that very poorly, but I, I don't have the tongue for it. Right? <laughs> their, that's their, that's Yi Naldulushi is kind of like their word for skinwalker. Okay. And yeah, uh, a lot of the different like Native American, like the nations around the American Southwest have different names for skinwalkers. That's kind of like the most popular native word that I found for skinwalker. But yeah, so definitely they don't discuss it at all. Apparently, they won't even really discuss it with each other, though there's a lot of different like stories that maybe go around the community. They don't leak outside. So a lot of like what you can learn about skinwalkers kind of comes from pretty much like articles are copying each other, it seems like. Because I read a lot of different articles and there's a lot of like overlap, yeah. it seems like. I mean, you probably know noticed that since we've started this show. I have uh, a lot of oh, yeah. sites copy each other. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a few of the really shitty ones where they you can see that they are copying word from word from like wikipedia basically yeah, yeah you <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah it's uh pretty bad but 
yeah, I will say the superstition, there was an idea that uh, I'll get into it a lot more in, in like later on in the episode, but there's an idea about like wearing, wearing certain animal skins is prohibited or considered, you know, bad. There's also uh, people not being allowed to like walk outside alone or, you know, needing to have all of your windows shut in your home for worry about like skinwalkers. So there's a lot of superstition that kind of surrounds like this topic. Hmm. Must be why they don't like Jake the Snake Roberts very much. Um, <laughs> Possibly, yeah. They also don't like snakes. I read See? too. There you uh, that's go. A, that's another another big thing is um, I was reading about a, a zoo that they had to shut down the a large snake exhibit. They did not want the snakes because they didn't want them anywhere near them. So I don't know. I mean, you can't say a say it about all like of a you know, group of people, but apparently from what I was reading, it's uh, quite a big thing. So, mm. I mean, if, if there's any listeners out there who know more about this for, you know, please email us subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to learn more about kind of like these beliefs. So there you go. Yeah. Getting back into this. Um, so kind of mentioning that the skinwalker in mass culture right now is considered more of like a cryptid uh, because of this, there are a lot of different articles online that I was reading through that seemed to paint skinwalkers and wendigos in very similar lights. Uh, both creatures seen mostly as like spooky tales of woe kind of deal with the wendigo being a human that is punished for the act of cannibalism. Uh, this is by being inhabited by a spirit that transforms the victim into a grotesque monster with a never ending hunger while the skinwalker also somewhat described as a precautionary tale they will be cursed by a similar fate. This is after killing one's own family member. Uh, this description is more akin to a like werewolf or dog, um, like dogman, made popular in the last few decades. It's dissimilar to the description from what I'm going to lay out in this episode, though, with the humans instead choosing to engage in the dark rituals in order to gain the powers of the skinwalker, having the ability to transform at will, rather than it being involuntary. Kind of like how like the more popular like cryptid is now. See, okay, this is what I was going to say. What what I remember many years ago when I first heard about a skinwalker was that it was a native person who kills their whole family and basically they have to do something. I don't know if they have to eat one of them or something. And then they gain the powers to shapeshift based on whatever animal hide they're wearing yes that is that's more about like what we're going to be talking about in the episode today that description okay is more like it uh there were a couple where it seemed like they were putting werewolves and skinwalkers kind of in the same and wendigos kind of in the same like ballpark so okay yeah the wendigo yeah. or wendigo if you're in that camp um yeah i don't know it that thing's more of like a deer thing with like its rib cage exposed uh pretty cool looking I, ca I can't deny that but uh but yeah i'm not sure i've always felt like they were different yeah later on we're gonna uh, look at some pictures where someone kind of has like a rendering of a skinwalker and it kind of looks like a, a wendigo okay so i was gonna point okay. that out to you uh, okay. later on but yeah it, it all kind of gets like meshed together it seems like so depending on like what articles you're reading, what, you know, maybe like documentaries you're watching, that sort of thing. 
Gotcha. Okay. Now, this second description that I'm going to be offering up today has a lot more depth and seems to be a much better explanation of what these paranormal entities may be, with descriptions steeped in magic and the occult underworld inside these native cultures. Though, like I mentioned before, there's no official description for what a skinwalker is, and it's not shared with the outside world, even if there was one. Though there are a lot of similarities in the descriptions that I have read, so I've kind of compiled them into the episode for today, kind of like a Venn diagram of all these different like kind of articles and what these cultures believe into pretty much like maybe one big thing, mostly centered on like Navajo and Hopi beliefs, a little bit of Ute also. Okay, so what you're saying is the the native cultures were using what we know now as magic and occult practices without being kind of aware of it. Is that what you're kind of saying? Well, I don't I know mean, if I worded that every, very well. Every culture around the world had magic. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not a it's not a wholly like, you know, European thing or no, no, you no, know, no. and a Judeo Christian. It's there's a lot of different forms of magic that we'll be we'll be talking about some of their, you know, beliefs kind of deal today. So, you know, it's funny speaking about magic real quick here. I was at work and the song by the devil man, Ozzy Osbourne, <laughs> Mr. Crowley came on. And yeah. I remember there's an older guy there. He's into music, whatever. And I was like, do you think this song's about Aleister Crowley? And he's like, I don't know, maybe. And I was like, well, it's f- I bet it is because Ozzy's British. They're really scared of him even though he was nothing more than a fucking heroin junkie at that <laughs> point. so <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he was definitely using his influence for drugs and sex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> That's the main tenet of his religion that he formed. Yeah. So. Yeah, and butt sex. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> a lot of decrepit shit. So. We'll, have to, uh, we'll have to cover him one day. But anyway, continue uh- on here. <laughs> Well, while we're on the subject of magic, uh, let's get into a little bit on maybe what some of the good magic that shows up in a lot of these native traditions. Uh, Magic, which can be used for both good and evil, with the practitioners of the good magic being seen as healers, either physically or spiritually. Now, these medicine men would use their magical abilities to help others. This was in contrast to, according to the Navajo traditions, those who would use their magical abilities for evil, which are kind of known as like like the dark witches. They would use their magic in corrupted rituals, which were a lot like the, you know, the regular rituals that um, everyone kind of used, but, you know, with dark purposes behind them uh, for self-preservation, greed, and just kind of like, a, a you know, more. They wanted more. So, okay, Dick Cheney definitely (laughs) is more of a witch type. And then I don't, honestly, I can't even list one politician who might be considered a medicine man, but, um, or anybody to be honest with you. But so basically, medicine man, good, witches, evil, pretty, pretty, I, you know, obviously, I don't know if it ever happened. But it's always a cliche in like a movie or uh, something else of a medicine man. You know, he he has a few tricks up his sleeve too. A little sleight of hand might poison somebody or something. Uh, mm. I wonder if he does that if then he turns to into a witch, or if it's like he has to be proclaimed as a witch. 
so we are actually going to be getting into that okay in the, the like the next thing that we're talking about i will say though i imagine carl rove being mm. more the uh practitioner of dark magic than <laughs> dick cheney dick cheney's probably just his little puppet you know true very true very both true. evil but one probably more powerful than the other very true okay it's a good point uh, yeah <laughs> now the beginning of the skinwalker comes when one of these practitioners of magic decides to dip their toes into the darker side of their powers seeking out their fellow fallen and deciding to partake in these rituals that would give them the ability to transform themselves into a predator of their choosing to accomplish their own selfish desires by night while still hiding amongst their neighbors in plain sight by day. Okay. All right. So, you know, nobody's ever going to jump full force into it, right? Um, so, oh, yeah. This would be for our millennial fans out there. Imagine, you know, you and your friends in 2000, maybe late 90s, you're all listening to. Probably Backstreet Boys are in sync. And then you hear about this naughty little group called 98 Degrees. You know it's a little darker. <laughs> it's a little edgier. You just kind of, you're like, okay, I'm going to put on a little 98 Degrees song. And then you get sucked right in. And then next thing you know, you're listening to, I don't know. I don't even know any worse bands <laughs> than 98 Degrees. But I'm sure they exist. <laughs> Fuck, what were the boy bands? I don't even remember. There's so goddamn many oh. of them. Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees. Uh, in Sync. Yeah, In Sync. Yeah, I don't remember. Luckily, they're uh, mostly gone now. They've all been replaced by the Korean boy bands, yeah. so, which are big now. Yeah, BTS. I was So I was thinking that you were going into a little bit different kind of avenue. I was thinking you were going to talk about getting into some weird like sex stuff. Uh, no. You know. So basically, when you start dipping your toes into it, you still have like a day job and you still have like norm, like normie friends, you know. But then fast forward five years later when you really fall into it and pretty soon you're wearing, you know, your goddamn, you know, your costume out in public and shit and showing up on Instagram <laughs> like, you know, doing I mean, all the crazy stuff. I mean, we got to be real. The podcast is kind of our darker side <laughs> that I don't think a lot of people know um just what you can be you can like you dip their toe in it be like yeah we got a podcast then they ask what it's about then we're jamming their foot in there and then it's like are you sure you want to listen to this you might uh you might be drowning in it you might never look at us the same yeah there uh there's getting to be too many people listening to it yeah. now i don't know <laughs> you gotta be certified fucked in the head a little bit to enjoy this show i'm just gonna say it Maybe a little weird, or at least weird. You gotta be weird, I think. Yeah, you gotta be at least as weird as we are to possibly enjoy this show. Right. But. <laughs> if you're if you're not afraid to ask your boss if he's a reptilian, I think this show is perfect for you. Yeah, don't actually do that, though. That might lead to uh, a little lack of funds. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know Not what? subliminal deception improved. <laughs> no. Uh, maybe on your last day. On your last day. Yes, on your last day. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, as I mentioned before, these indigenous societies all hold differing beliefs and origin stories for skinwalkers. With, my, with the description I'm going to give, taken mostly from what I read about the Navajo and Hopi society's beliefs on skinwalker origins, where the breaking of a major taboo 
gives a witch the ability to transform. While there are other societies that believe that a person is actually born with these magical powers and that they really can't help it. They're start they're started down this road at birth. But pretty much the two main kind of origin stories was I would say maybe 90% were kind of this breaking of a major taboo, which was almost always uh, killing a family member. I'm just going to drop it right now. Killing a family member was the biggest way that you became a skinwalker. But there was also uh, some that I read about, and it was always, oh, yes. And also, some people believe that you're born with these magical powers. Okay. Kind of deal. It's always like, and there's a second option. You might be born with these powers. So under that belief, then, there's a very good chance that David Miscavige is, in fact, a skinwalker for killing his wife. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, supposedly. sorry. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, she's still alive. Well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, okay. And Pluto's still within our solar system. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Technically, it is. It's not a planet anymore. But. <laughs> now... For the latter, those who believe that you become a skinwalker from breaking a major taboo, they will actually seek out groups of secret societies full of dark witches which meet covertly in hidden lairs. This is in order to plot their evil schemes, perform their dark rituals, and send curses to their enemies, all the while dancing and feasting in their animal forms or possibly naked covered in ceremonial paint and beads. These witches will engage in the most depraved acts imaginable, including cannibalism, necrophilia, and incest, among others. Okay, so they are, they're going hog wild here. They're basically performing every depraved act they can think of. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like the fucking, you know, it's like Woodstock. Just, <laughs> and in every drug pretty much they're just they're just taking it all in cannibalism see, necrophilia incest see uh, you we, yeah. when you were like okay a group of dark witches secret society they meet up in the hidden lair i literally i watched some of the craft last weekend so i that's all i could think about when you're reading that but obviously they don't partake in cannibalism or necrophilia as far as i know uh, maybe that's the director's cut of that movie, but um, <laughs> yeah, that was a great movie. I like that one. Very yeah. underrated. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's okay. So, is it more or less they're having these rituals to make themselves more powerful? Yes. Yeah. So they are kind of doing this all for selfish, you know, kind of gains. They're cursing their enemies. They're performing rituals all to become like more powerful. Gotcha. Okay. That's kind of what I figured, but I just wanted to, to make sure. Now, after gaining these transformation abilities, many cultures believed that there was no turning back after the dark deeds they did to achieve these powers. These committed acts being seen as wholly irredeemable. Now, as such, these dark witches would need to continue their attacks, stealing from the living and robbing graves to fuel the items that they needed for their dark rituals, which they performed together, all the while needing to seek out and kill victims. Now, these witches 
apparently lived on the unexpired lives of their victims and they must kill continuously or die themselves. Okay. So the, okay, this is a trope, you know, you hear quite a bit where, you know, sometimes it's obviously I'm not in a fiction. uh, There's plenty of fictional stuff where it's like, Oh, when I kill someone, I get the rest of their lifespan or something. I don't know if you've ever seen death note. Um, what it kind of reminds me of well yeah there's i mean there's so many stories of this about killing someone the movie the one where there's yeah. all of the different yep. uh yeah multi-dimensional jet Lees, and he you know he's the good guy but he's also getting the power sucked up from his evil ultra-dimensional self killing all of the other you know multiverse yeah uh jet yeah. so kind of like that but in this case it's they gain the the extra life. So say if someone had like, I think maybe if someone had like 20 years left to live, they would get that 20 years. So they're killing to continuously with. Okay. So they should be damn near immortal. You would think so. Or maybe they're just like, it's corrupted life. So maybe they only get a little bit more of it, possibly, which is why well, they need to continuously I kill. mean, if you think about Mario, right? Yeah. He gets extra lives from literally stomping creatures to death. So if he can get lives out of that, I don't see why they can't do the same thing. Oh, of course. Yeah. Mario is the, uh, the biggest serial killer in video games of all. Hey, you know, I mean, think of how many of those little innocent turtles you're squashing. (laughs) (laughs) Those turtles are just minding their own business. Yeah. A lot of the creatures in that game are minding their own business. Except for the guys throwing the hatchet. You know, that's pretty much it. I mean, maybe they're just failed jugglers. They just don't know. (laughs) They're horrible at jugglers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. All right. During these gatherings of Skinwalker secret societies, the group would also initiate new members into their fray. Part of the initiation into this group was that a neophyte member would, like I mentioned before, need to kill a member of their immediate family, usually being a sibling or extremely close relative. This would give the newly anointed Skinwalker the power to transform into the animal of their choosing, along with some other supposed powers that could come after the completion of the rituals. Yeah, this is kind of the the thing that I heard is you had to kill a member of your family. Well, the one I heard is you had to like annihilate your whole family to okay. then get the powers. So this is like So you had heard it's the whole family. Yes. Okay. But, so what I was reading is um I didn't read anything about like killing the entire family it was just one member just one okay yep just one that was enough i saw this on like sci-fi or something too you know where they're playing like a video of an alleged skinwalker or something so you know they um have been known to stretch the truth a little bit so (laughs) no no them in the history channel totally legit totally legit So, like I mentioned, like at the beginning of the episode, Skinwalker has turned into a full-blown cryptid. So kind of whatever you want to say about it, you know, in the, you know, like in mass media, you know, if you want to make up your own documentary and put it on YouTube, you can say whatever you want about him. Kind of kind of like a lot of people are mixing UFOs together with Sasquatch now. That's gotten to be a big one over the past few years. 
uh, I've seen on on YouTube. So kind of the same thing, you know, they put red strings together, a lot of them. Very true. Well, I mean, technically, when they're in human form, they're just like an evil warlock witch thing. And when they're in animal form, they are kind of a cryptid. Yeah, there is. I mean, so there's some kind of legends which say that they can like easily fit in during the day, kind of with normal society, though there's ways that you can supposedly tell them apart. Uh, one of the one of the ways was you can tell an animal is a skinwalker is if the animal has human like eyes and you can tell if a human is a secret skinwalker because they'll have in their human form animal like eyes. That's hmm. uh, that's one of the big ones that I read about. I honestly thought you were going to say, like, point your crucifix at him or something. <laughs> but um, don't forget your Bible. Yeah. Like, can I look at your eyes really close? I swear I'm not creepy. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm going to get into it in this next paragraph. But okay. one of the big things is if you look into the eyes of a skinwalker, uh, they can kind of almost take over your body. Ooh, so it's it's good. bad to catch eyes with a skinwalker. Okay. Is, is, uh, is another big one. All right. Yeah. All right. Now, as for the magical powers that these dark witches gain, the different nations that believe in the legend of the Skinwalker seem to attribute many different powers to this entity, with, of course, the common ability throughout the legends being the ability to transform themselves into an animal or an animal-like form, gaining that animal's abilities while under the transformation. The commonly held method of transformation being the wearing of animal skins, which is where the nickname Skinwalker actually comes from. This belief is so strongly held from what I was reading in Navajo society that the wearing of predator skins like that of a wolf, fox, or coyote was not permitted, though wearing the skins of prey animals like leather and sheepskin was allowed. Well, I mean... It'd be pretty embarrassing if you got killed by someone shape-shifting into a sheep or a cow. Yes, actually, there was a story that I that I read about a man uh, going out to his sheep herd and seeing a sheep kind of laughing, sounding like a human, and standing up on all fours with human eyes. Hmm. So that would be pretty fucking freaky. Apparently, you, it just walked away, though. You... And the audience need to watch the movie called Lamb, where it's like the lamb who's half human, kind of. Okay. It's fucking weird, um, but it's like weird and kind of enjoyable because it's so fucking weird. I believe I've heard the title Lamb as a horror movie. I've never watched it. Obviously, well, most people know by now you watch a lot more. Yeah. So. Apparently, it's based off an old Scandinavian or Swedish folklore tale. So, okay. There's that. Interesting. Kind of the idea about wearing like leather and sheepskin is so maybe you won't, you know, if you obviously, you know, you have to wear something. So, <laughs> but the idea of like wearing a wolf, fox, or coyote is that if you make it kind of like if you outlaw it during the day maybe they won't turn into the you know more dangerous animals i guess maybe like wearing the the skin of a cow or a sheep will make you less dangerous if you're a skinwalker yeah so, it's i a mean little, it's a little weird or maybe they're just like the only people who would want the predator skins are the skinwalkers okay possibly i mean yeah. I they would know. have to wear them in secret it's something that they would have to hide. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know it's 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 a weird. I guess they're just trying to protect the tribe. Possibly, yeah, and you know themselves too. If they have this belief that they're going to be, they don't want to be killed by their neighbor. So true, very true. So next, these pictures, I will post these on Instagram. We're just going to go down kind of like what skinwalkers are supposed to look like. We'll just describe them for you. The first one's kind of fun if you scroll down a little bit. Yeah. he. So he's <laughs> packing some heat. Let's just say that. Um, oh, yeah. From all the memes and everything I've seen on Reddit and stuff, if I didn't know any better, Phil, and I just saw this picture... I would honestly assume it's some type of furry porn. Oh, definitely about the first one. Yeah, right? the first one, the yeah, first one. Whoever, yeah, yeah, yeah. whoever. So we're going to put these on Instagram. You'll know which one we're talking about. It is a cartoon of a, a coyote or wolf that kind of has like a man's body. Yeah. And he is wearing a uh, a leopard print thong. And <laughs> it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty fucking crazy. Whoever drew this definitely had uh, one hand down his pants yeah. while he was drawing. Yeah, he so was definitely He was slow touching. tugging. Yeah. He definitely is touching himself. Now the second one. Okay. This is what I would clarify as a metal as fuck picture right here. Oh yeah, this is this is a great picture. So this is kind of it's a little bit on like this what, you know, maybe what the native kind of beliefs are, but it's a little bit more cryptid. So on the left, it's a man wearing an animal skull on his head. Uh, he's covered in animal furs and he's kind of, he's very menacing looking. And then on the right is his transformed look where he looks like a human sized coyote with long arms and long legs. I was going to snarling mouth. I was going to say a hyena. That's what it reminded me of. Okay, hyena. Yeah, I didn't really think... So I've been reading so much of them mentioning like wolves and coyotes. I, mean, I didn't I, think much hyena. I mean, That's, here's the thing. Obviously, hyena yeah, It looks like a hyena. Hyenas are not native to North America. So it'd be pretty weird if they could transform into a hyena. But so you're probably right. It probably is a coyote. I just... It, its head looks like it to me. Yeah, and the kind of the fur on its back standing upright. Yeah. Uh, Definitely, if, if you're on Instagram, uh, Subliminal7G, we will we'll put these up. Uh, but definitely more of like the popular kind of concept of what it is. And then the third picture I thought was ridiculous. It looks more like the idea about what, you know, people who believe in Satan, kind of like yeah. the goat's head yeah. with the human body. Yeah. I, I always forget what that thing's name is. Baphomet. Baphomet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it I, definitely looks a lot more like that. Okay, so are they claiming this is a real picture of a skinwalker? I have no idea what they're claiming. Okay. Uh, it looks like a man with a goat's head was caught on a deer cam. Hmm. That's what it looks like. Yeah, his feet are a little fucked up, but... um, Yeah, highly photoshopped, I would say. Yeah, or just in a costume, getting himself <laughs> caught... On uh, this is why you got to be careful with who your neighbors with, because yeah. uh, they could have been having a dispute. This guy gets dressed up in a goat's outfit just to scare the shit out of that guy. You know, it shit I'd, gets weird. I didn't even think about it. He could be like a furry taking it to a level, possibly. Very true, Phil. I didn't even think about that. Did not yeah, definitely 
<laughs> yeah, now that I'm looking close at it, it does look like someone just photoshopped the head on that thing. Yes. Oh, yeah. And kind of fucked up the feet a little bit. Yeah. Because the feet don't really kind of match with the rest of the body. No. So, no, absolutely yeah. not. All right. Getting back into it. Now, these dark witches would wear the skins of many different animals at the same time really increasing the number of different forms that they would be able to take, which is useful when after you go out and complete your evil deed, a hasty escape would be necessary, transforming again, possibly to, you know, outrun or maybe even fly away from the scene of the act. Also, other parts of the animal could be worn beside the skin. This was including the bones and possibly horns. You can actually think of these as like imbued magical items that would give the wearer even greater powers than just the skins alone. Okay. So you said fly away. I was going to say, if you had like a little sparrow skull <laughs> on your belt, um, I mean, if you had the ability to fly away, that'd be pretty awesome. But I was going to say, it'd be pretty hard to wear the skins of a bird <laughs> on you. <laughs> Ah, uh, but but like you said, you can I, just have a bone. Yeah, so I did kind of read some things about the ability to turn into like an owl or an eagle, gotcha. something like a giant, maybe like even, I don't know if it would, must be, because it's always kind of like you're still in mostly, you're in animal form, but you're still kind of human sized. So maybe it's like a giant eagle, like a Thunderbird type mm. situation, but uh, like transforming into some kind of bird that, you know, make a hasty retreat. That, uh, that's pretty fucking sweet, honestly. Besides transforming, which also includes the ability to run faster than a speeding car and jumping over tall buildings and jumping very wide expanses, skinwalkers are also said to have other magical abilities as well. This would be the ability to read other people's minds, possibly even control another person or an animal's thoughts or actions. They would also have the ability to spread disease, destroy buildings and property. Also, there was the ability to curse others with extreme bouts of bad luck. Kind of like, make you have bad luck so I have good luck type situation. So I'm desperately thinking that we need to... Look and see if Chris Angel has any dead siblings and if they died under mysterious circumstances because these seems like a lot of powers that he has, Phil. You know, the fall of David Copperfield, mm, the rise of Chris Angel. Yeah. How close were those? So I used to see used to see David Copperfield on TV all the time. Then nothing. Yeah. I mean, so, Chris maybe. Angel literally compelled that tiger to bite Siegfried's head off so <laughs> allegedly allegedly I want I want their show as well yeah <laughs> I want that lion skin no okay so see it's funny because when when I think about native I'd say like Native American witches or maybe like how witches are viewed in maybe an African tribe or something it's always stuff like this where it's they're spreading disease. They're killing my crops. They're cursing me to have bad luck or something like that. A lot of them are like, they're cursing me. My penis won't work anymore, as we've yes. talked about. But uh, but yeah, obviously without the shape shifting. Yes, definitely. So there is always in all, so many cultures around the world, there's this idea of it's either like a trickster god or possibly, you know, like demons that are cursing you, witches, witches who work with 
the devil, you know, oh, the reason why my wife isn't fucking me anymore is because of the the witches or the reason why my my dick, you know, isn't working anymore. Witches, that stuff. It's just anything bad that happens to you. You didn't lose your job because you're a drunk who doesn't show up to work on time. It's a witch cursing you with, you know, the inability to wake up on time. That sort of thing. There's nothing more stupid you can hear in your life than when somebody refuses to take responsibility and projects blame on other people for their poor life choices. Yeah, that's one thing that, God, over the past 20 years, I've really tried hard to, like, stop is just anytime something bad happens, just look inward. Like, okay, let's go back and think, what could I have done differently? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. To not have fucked myself over. You know, see, if you didn't do that right now, you could be blaming witches for anything that you like your McDonald's order gets messed up. Fucking witches. You know, I'm glad you're not at that level. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, the thing about like McDonald's order gets fucked up. That was, you know, the people who hired the workers (laughs) at that McDonald's. It's but a witch might have compelled them. A witch that's been tormenting (laughs) you has compelled them kids to fuck up your what well, I don't even know how they fucked or what you like from <laughs> McDonald's but they fucked it up. Here's the thing, you shouldn't be eating at McDonald's. True. That's where you fucked up. Big that's, true. That's I was I was trying to think like how could that be your fault? I was like, you know what? That's your fuck up for eating at McDonald's yep. anyway. It's yep. for kids and yeah, that it's it's not for adults. McDonald's is for children. So, technically you're your McDonald's was smart by kind of scooping up a whole generation of young children who now have it so deeply ingrained in their head how delicious McDonald's is that they're they're feeding poison to their children. Yeah, even 30 years later, they can't quit. Oh, definitely. Just like the cigarette companies. Yeah. (laughs) Took them while they're young. I, uh, I still think about cigarettes quite often. Oh, no. Uh, I'm all about the vape now. No, I haven't thought about cigarettes in years. Well, I have uh, been off vape and Nicorette gum for like two weeks now. So, oh, not nice. Yeah, I still want it. Still want it every time. <laughs> but um, I've heard, I've heard. Getting getting off topic a little bit. I've I've met like people in their fifties and sixties who haven't smoked in like decades, who still wake up in the middle of the night wanting a cigarette. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, that never goes away. But. I I don't know if anybody can help me stop stop the witches who are trying to compel me to <laughs> enjoy a vape or a cigarette, but um, I, I I need help. Yeah, tell them to get a life and stop uh, <laughs> stop bothering. <laughs> you Philip Morris shills, quit it out. Sorry, go ahead. Definitely. All right. Now, kind of talking, uh, expanding a little bit, we should say, on uh, this ability to project maybe like bad luck or bad things happening to either a person or possibly even an entire group of people. Throughout history, skinwalkers in Navajo society would often be blamed for any misfortune, both large and small, whether it be disease, poor crops, lack of rain, basically any turn of fortune was believed to have been caused by either one or possibly a whole cadre of dark witches, which would cause a sort of reckoning for those unfortunate men and women who would be blamed for the darkest event in the history of the Navajo people. Now, after hearing you say this, basically, that 
the Navajos would blame skinwalkers for their misfortune, right? Um, yeah. Obviously, we're well aware on this show <laughs> how many cultures in the world would blame some supernatural force for things like this. So it's amazing, even though they're on different continents and, you know, don't even know each other exists at the time, they still blame supernatural things on misfortune. So maybe that says something about humanity, Phil. Well, so, yeah, definitely. Uh, it It's pretty much a worldwide thing, uh, finding a scapegoat, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. It, during the darkest event in the history of the Navajo people, that was, of course, like many dark events for Native American peoples caused by, uh, you know, the United States government, the white settlers coming yeah. in, that sort yeah. of thing. Now, during the late 19th century, the United States government, through means of the United States Army, uprooted and relocated many Native American societies, including the Navajo people, who were taken from their lands in the Four Corners region of the southwestern United States, east, towards Fort Sumner in New Mexico. This would become known as the Long Walk of the Navajo, which would occur in 1864. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong, but didn't they have the Indian Wars um, just a little bit past the Civil War? So, yeah, so basically the 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 wars against Native Americans were happening like all the way up until about the 20th century. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, with, uh, I believe, Geronimo surrendering was like one of the last, maybe, like kind of when they ended. But yeah, it was uh, it was. After the Civil War, it really ramped up. There was a lot of former Civil War soldiers who were like fighting in these wars. Yeah, I so. I feel like it's a kind of a big event, but they don't really talk about it too much, probably because it's atrocious. Um, but so, how did you did they give like an estimate of how many of the Navajo people had to move, or is it just like every single one? Well, from what I found about uh, the long walk. Basically, it was them being sent on a, you know, forced to hike about 300 miles east. From what I was reading, about 9,000 Navajo people were forced to go to Fort Sumner. After four years of immense suffering by the Navajo people in New Mexico, including putrid water, disease, hunger, and death, the Navajo were actually allowed to move back to their preferred territory out west. And we actually just visited New Mexico uh, just a few months ago now, and it was very terrible for, you know, us and everyone else who's visited New Mexico. So we actually were very close to Fort Sumner, uh, where we were at. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was just northwest of where we were in Roswell. I think I will say this, though, Phil. If you were someone who likes to live isolated in the middle of nowhere with climate conditions that are gonna really stuff up your sinuses from sand in the air and everything um and an awkward smell that's kind of lingering in the air and maybe some eventual nuclear radiation i think yeah. new mexico might be the place for you yeah new mexico is kind of known for their smell yeah uh, the entire state kind of has a musk to it so definitely I yeah. would you know what they I wish they would do you know let's get HGTV 
a little more progressive. Let's send Chip and Joanna to one of these shacks we saw and um, have them remodel some of the shacks we saw. Oh, yeah, definitely. The ones that were just kind of hanging on side of yeah. hills. They could yeah, they, all crooked and shit. Yeah. They could use a little Chip and Joanna love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they fix it up and then a skinwalker comes and just tears them in two. I don't know. Something like that. Possibly. Not meaning to downplay the, the horror conditions that they no. suffered through. It's very good that it's actually... I didn't realize that the United States government actually allowed any groups to like go back. So apparently they didn't find what they wanted in the corners region. So they just let the Navajo, you know, go back back. and settle where they like came from, where they wanted to be. So that's good, but it is shitty that they made them walk 300 miles to fucking New Mexico. That's pretty fucking terrible. Yeah. Obviously the United States uh, government has a pretty dark history. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, someone who's, you know, read a lot of history. Not a lot of great moments uh, besides, you know, like winning World War Two and fucking uh, winning revolution. Pretty much, you know, it's a, it's a lot of dark shit happening back home, though. Yeah. So, but yeah. moving on, after returning to their homeland, the survivors had decided that it must have been a band of skinwalkers that had caused all of this trauma. Uh, of course, not the U.S. government, uh, who was, I would believe. This would lead to massive amounts of retaliatory attacks and the seeking of retribution, uh, trying to find witches amongst them. The Navajo Witch Purge of 1878 would see the lives of 40 people end when all was said and done. Really? I have never heard of this, I don't think. So this is literally like, I mean, in a roundabout way, like a Salem witch trial-esque thing. Where they're like hunting down witches. I mean, basically, if there's rumors of witch, and like I said before, not necessarily skinwalkers, just maybe a dark witch. They have, you know, they have quite a few different kinds of, you know, dark witches besides skinwalkers. Yeah. But yeah, pretty much a, you know, almost like a, yeah, Salem witch. I don't know if they were actually trials, but they were definitely killing suspected witches. Yeah, that that's what I mean. I mean, yeah, obviously it doesn't have to be a trial, but it's kind of like a hysteria event. Yes, actually, that's great. A mass hysteria event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, interesting. Now, moving on from that, really throughout the 20th century, the legend of skinwalkers would remain mostly inside Native American communities. There would be sightings and stories uh, for both Native cultures and, you know, non-Native people would claim to see these things, but it would never really get out that much. That would change around the 1950s when it started becoming a little bit more prevalent, really ramping up though in the 1980s and especially the 1990s when there was a ranch in Utah owned by the Shermans that would become nationally known. And that's where we're going to end today's episode and pick up next week where we discuss Huge sightings of skinwalkers that are happening in modern times, and especially skinwalker. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I have a strong suspicion that a lot of our listeners have probably heard of Skinwalker Ranch. It's a weird place. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I mean, I was I was going through this. We've already. I mean, we've already been going over an hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, 
it would have been another hour just talking about Skinwalker. Yeah. So it's it's absolutely huge. I think for episode 200, a two-parter, uh, nothing wrong with that. You're kind of like in this episode, you're kind of getting an idea of the tribes who, you know, the Skinwalker legend kind of was birthed from how they came about, how one becomes a Skinwalker, what, I don't know, how would you say, like their very own witch hunts kind of. I, that's a part I didn't really know about it. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I I really so I'm figuring out that what I mostly knew about skinwalkers was coming from kind of like the cryptid, yeah, kind of more yeah. American legend of the skinwalker, more like almost like our werewolf kind of situation, not really like where it actually came from. So, right, yeah, it's, pretty, yeah. it's been pretty fun uh, fun reading and researching. Yeah, it. Uh, I think you did a wonderful job. I cannot wait for Skinwalker Ranch because I actually know some of it. I maybe I'll uh, watch some stuff for a refresher because obviously I've heard I've, they have that one famous show that the History Channel did or the Travel Channel, one of the two, uh, kind of where they're talking about it. So yeah, uh, and there's been other shows where they kind of claim that other ranches also have Skinwalker attacks too. So. Basically, like it's kind of catching on that sort of. Hmm. Well, if there's livestock there, then I mean, I guess it would be a good place for skinwalkers, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and also they are red stringing it along with alien attacks, too. So true, though, though, I will say I did read about some kind of legends that said that skinwalkers are able to open up like magical doors and like travel like that way around by using like magical portals. And that's one of the ways that they escape because there's, there's always stories about the footprints kind of like them chasing down a skinwalker, the footprints end, and all of a sudden it's like they vanished into thin air. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that before too. Very, very weird, but I guess we'll kind of get deeper into that next week. Oh yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Phil, if anybody wants to contact us or has, a little bit more information about the Skinwalkers. Um, where can they do that, Phil? Well, they can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. If you know of any real story, don't just make shit up and send it to us, please. <laughs> but if you have any experience, maybe you know you live out in these areas and you've heard a lot of stories or you know someone who maybe has a sighting and want to share it, I'd love to hear it. Uh, both of us, Cody and I, would love to read what you have to say. Hit us up on subliminaldpodcast subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com probably an even better way to get a hold of us uh subliminal discussion podcast on ig instagram has been actually ton of people have been you know following us and adding us giving us messages it's great love to see it cody and i both have our own ig accounts mine is actually dead but cody has one that he still uses yeah you can follow me at cody's above thank you to everybody who's reaching out to me um sometimes i post funny videos too so check them out um the last thing we ask you guys to do is to log in itunes leave a show five star review doesn't particularly matter what you say just five star type something in there hit submit we greatly appreciate all the dark lords and dark witches who've done that for us if you're a Spotify listener, it's even simpler. You just hit five stars, hit submit. That's all you got to do. We greatly appreciate everyone who's taking the time to do that for us as well. Well, Phil, 
I think you picked an ex- excellent episode to kick off the 200 plus series of this <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you guys next week for part two. On to the next 200. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>